1: Tyler Horka, who's normally on Wednesday, moves up a day. He's kind enough to join me to talk some Notre Dame football right now on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, I guess a Texas guy can handle this South Bend warm weather like it's nothing. Piece of cake.
2: Yeah, I think I'm starting to lose some of that. um, I don't know what you would call it. Protection that I've, you know, (laughs) that are in the genes after growing up in, in Texas for 22 years. But. Yeah, it's a little hot, but it's definitely hotter in Texas today. I can guarantee that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely say so. We're just not used to it around here. We've had such a cool spring and summer so far, but here we go with some warmer weather and just in time for Notre Dame football fall camp to get started in just a couple of weeks. And, Tyler, you're the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Let's go right into what is going to be a featured topic Throughout the month of August or until the point where Marcus Freeman steps up to the microphone and says blank is my starting quarterback for Ohio State. You've got Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner looking to become the starting quarterback. I think most of us agree Buckner is the favorite. Pine is pushing him. How do you think this quarterback situation or derby plays out throughout the month of August?
2: I'm sorry, Darren, my headphones just cut out on me, but I think I know where you were going with that question. Um, look, Tyler Tyler Buckner has been the guy since Jack Cohn left after, after the Fiesta Bowl. That's where this thing has been headed. We had, you know, a, a month and a half or a, about a month there in the spring to solidify that stance, if, if that's what you thought. And I think pretty much every single media member on the Notre Dame beat would agree that, you know, Tyler Buckner is probably number one. Drew Pine is number two. And that's the way it played out in the spring. Obviously, Marcus Freeman did not say that Tyler Buckner is the starter coming out of spring. And in fact, um, Patrick Engel, my coworker and I sat in his office. This might've been two or three weeks ago now uh, at the end of June. And, you know, asked him pointedly, did you have a number one coming out of the spring? And he said, no, it's still an open competition. So, Obviously, that's going to carry into fall camp, which starts on August 5th. Uh, There's still something that Freeman is looking for from Buckner, probably. Uh, There's still something that Tommy Reese is looking for from Buckner. But I think it's more so of they're looking for reasons why Drew Pine can't, you know, weasel his way back into this and say, what about me? They want to make sure that when they say Tyler Buckner is our starter, they are 100% on board with that. There is no substitute. Drew Pine did all he could, but he's just not better athletically, throwing the ball, whatever it is, than Tyler Buckner. Like I said, I think that's where this is headed, and it's going to happen at some point. Again, my headphones cut out, so I don't know if you asked me uh, a time frame, but um, if, if you look at last year, it's pretty similar with Jack Cohn and Drew Pine in that everybody knew that Jack Cohn was going to be the guy, even if Brian Kelly hadn't said it yet. And I think it was a week and a half into fall camp, maybe two weeks into fall camp, he came out, he said it, he says, we've seen all we need to see. It would not shock me in the slightest if it was a similar time frame with Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine where Marcus Freeman gets up there, maybe the second time he speaks to us during fall camp and says, yeah, we've seen it, we know it. Tyler Buckner is going to be our starting quarterback against Ohio State.
1: So, Tyler, do you think Drew Pine is locked in as the number two? Do you see any competition pushing him for that number two spot if everything else plays out the way you just described?
2: I think there's certainly competition. Um, Steve Angeli, the true freshman, looked great in the blue-gold game, and I remember showing up on the first day of uh, spring practices and I saw Steve Angeli standing next to Drew Pine, and I was like, whoa, one of these guys looks like he could start a college football game tomorrow. The other looks like Drew Pine. And, again, this is nothing against Drew Pine. I've actually been a proponent of his. If you go to blueandgold.com, read the message board. I love his moxie. I love what he did against Wisconsin last year, throwing a touchdown pass to Kevin Austin Jr., threw a touchdown pass to Braden Lindsey against Cincinnati, in a losing effort that wasn't of any fault of his own in that game, he is what I would call a a very capable backup. If Tyler Buckner gets dinged up, which his playing style, that's certainly not out of the question, you'd love to have a guy like Drew Pine who could come in and and maybe stabilize the game if you're winning and and get you to the finish line or mount a comeback. If you remember, I I think Cincinnati was winning by two or three scores when Drew Pine came in, Mm -hmm. and he got it to – a one-score game. So that's what you're looking for in a backup if if you're calling on that guy. But I do think at some point, whether it be because of injuries or whatever other wackiness that happens with college football quarterback situations, we see it all the time, Steve Angeli could factor into this thing early on in his career just because of the way he looks right now. He also carries himself very well. And he's a guy that, you know, if you're a true freshman and you're already number three and there's some people – talking about how you should be number two, you're, you're in a pretty good spot. So I would mm-hmm. like where Steve Angeli is at, if I were Steve Angeli.
1: He's Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, talking Notre Dame football on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT radio. Now, recently I asked you what offensive player you were most interested in seeing in fall camp, and you surprised me with your answer. But after hearing your explanation – I totally get it. I'm on board. You mentioned freshman wide receiver Tobias Merriweather, someone you have not seen in person. So now let's go to the defensive side of the football. Al Groh's defense. Give me the defensive player you're most interested in seeing in fall camp.
2: This one isn't as much of a wild card, but it's another true freshman. So I there's something about freshmen. When you say the word freshman football player, fans are like, ooh, I think it's the intrigue. I think it's the suspense and the you know anticipation of what a player could be. I'm going to go with Jalen Sneed, the linebacker. If you remember when the signing class was wrapped up, everyone was talking about Jalen Sneed and like, oh my goodness, this is the top ranked player and a very good Notre Dame recruiting class. You know, he's going to be that linebacker that is just flying off the edge, playing in the middle. If you need him to, he could line up on the line and rush the quarterback. He could do all these different things. I showed up at, Spring practice, and I, I was kind of like, where's Jalen Sneed Which one is Jalen Snead? Somebody give me a number. I can't find Jalen Snead. So, I think he was a little, and the size thing, everyone talked about it coming in. He he needed to bulk up. Probably still needs to bulk up. You could say that about a lot of true freshmen, especially early, especially early enrollees. So, you know, I'm not harping on him for his size, but you got, you know weigh all of the factors here and and this is notre dame football and you know you're playing ohio state in week one and you got to play clemson and usc and all these different teams so long story short i'm excited to see jalen sneed because i'm hoping his body composition is a little different than what it was in march and april these kids i don't know what they feed them but you know they're feeding them weights and they get big (laughs) very quickly if i could do that i probably wouldn't be talking on your radio show uh at you know, on a Tuesday night, maybe I'd be playing sports somewhere, but that's a whole different conversation. I want to see Jalen Sneed look better than he did in the spring, you know, plain and simply. I want to see a guy who, when I see him practice, I'm like, yes, this is that guy who, when the signing class wrapped up earlier in the year, everyone was saying, that's going to be the guy. We didn't see that in the spring. I think a lot of fears will be, you know, mitigated if we see it in the fall.
1: I think you could go a lot of different directions with your answer based on all the different packages. You could see this year all the different personnel. I'm kind of curious to see the corners that are not atop the depth chart, how much they've advanced since last year. Can they make an impact this year, a guy like Barnes? So on the defensive side of the football, with all the different packages that Al Groh can come up with, I mean, there's just so many bodies that could – play an important part in this defense having success this year
2: absolutely uh you mentioned ryan barnes that is definitely one of them uh another guy that i was excited to see in the spring and and he wasn't my answer for your question just now because i saw enough in the spring was riley mills and if you say okay yes he's our strong side defensive end and then you couple the fact that isaiah foskey is your viper on the other side that's awesome um, how about a Jason Adamalola who we didn't see practice in the spring, but it sounds like, um, you know, he wasn't even mentioned by Marcus Freeman when we were in his office a couple weeks ago on the injury front. So, it's, I mean, I'm expecting him to be a, a full go in fall camp. And if you remember what he did last year, I think he had the most quarterback pressures of anyone on the Notre Dame defense. And that's including Foskey who led the team in sacks with 13. Jason Adamalola hurried the quarterback more than Foskey. So, if you're remembering that you know you're adding that to the mix there's three guys on your defensive line who are you know top of the class everyone was talking about how Notre Dame could have one of the best defensive lines in the country I think you're finally going to see that this fall when all these guys finally get to line up next to one another and obviously you have to replace Kurt Heinis as well but I think Jacob Lacey is capable there and you've got a lot of other interior guys so You started this conversation by mentioning some of the defensive backs, and we finished it by talking about the defensive line. I think that shows you how capable this defense is going to be in Al Golden's first year as defensive coordinator.
1: The Superbook at Westgate Las Vegas says the team that has been bet on the most to win the national championship in college football is the USC Trojans. They're called America's team. I'm not sure when USC became America's team, but that's what they were labeled by someone today. Now, obviously, that is a lot of West Coast money that is – Hoping and dreaming of a huge season with Addison and Williams, all these offensive weapons coming to USC. The problem is with Oklahoma through the years, and you know more about Oklahoma being from that area, You know they've had some great weapons, but their offensive and defensive lines sometimes get a... I don't know, not stellar, I would say, especially on the defensive side of the football. So if we're playing seven-on-seven, USC could win the national championship, but since we're still doing 11-on-11, that is, I think, a lot of people wasting their money. Eventually, I'm going to ask you a question. It's this. Who do you feel like Mm -hmm. is the tougher opponent for Notre Dame this year, Clemson or USC? Well,
2: I want to to say something real quickly to what you said at the very beginning there, and... I can tell you that USC was not America's team in January of 2006 when Texas <laughs> was playing them in the BCS National Title Game. I'll just get that out of the way. To answer your question, I think these two teams are really dangerous and, you know, people have been throwing stones at me on the message board at blueandgold.com because of it because I think Clemson's going to be a lot better than people are giving them credit for. So we'll start there. They're going to figure out the quarterback situation either dju is going to be a lot better than he was last year or kate Klubnik's going to be a very capable freshman we see it all the time in college football now you know 15 years ago people were probably afraid to start true freshman at quarterback right tim tebow didn't even start as a true freshman colt mccoy all, all of these other guys now it's like throw him in you know you're, you're only going to get three years or, or maybe two if he transfers all, all this other stuff put him in there so maybe kate Klubnik is the guy but Maybe the offensive line is better, and DJ, you could be the guy. All that said, that Clemson game is going to be tough because they might have one of the best defenses in college football, and we saw what Georgia did with the best defense in college football a year ago and an offense that was pretty good but not elite by any means. So um, I am a little worried from a Notre Dame perspective about USC because it's in Los Angeles. It's the last game of the year. Who knows what the stakes are going to be for that game for, for both teams? Maybe it's high stakes for both teams uh, when you talk about the pac 12 and, and maybe Notre Dame trying to make it into the college football playoffs. So if I had to pick one of them, uh, I would probably say USC because of the offensive weapons, because it's out there because it's the last game of the year. Lincoln Riley is uh, you don't want to get into a shootout with Lincoln Riley. And if the question mark with Notre Dame is, maybe one of the corner spots and even the corner spot you feel good about cam hart having to go against mario williams and jordan addison and and some of these other guys if that's your worry and you think it might get into a shootout well i think notre dame is going to lose a shootout against ohio state in week one you know and maybe that's a blueprint for what usc could do in the final week of the season there's a long way until Thanksgiving weekend, and quite frankly, there's a long way until Notre Dame plays Clemson, too. I think that game is in November as well. So we're going to learn a lot in September and October, but right now I would say those are both very dangerous teams. I would say USC might be a little more dangerous on the road and being that it's the season
1: finale. If I'm not mistaken, November 5th could be a big day for the Irish. The Irish are taking on Clemson, and Irish fans might get to enjoy Alabama LSU also on that particular day Mm -hmm. because I think we know how that game – Is probably going to end up. All right, final question for you, Tyler. On the Notre Dame schedule, what game do you feel like is going to be tougher than most people expect?
2: That's a really tough question because I feel like this Notre Dame schedule is a lot like a a lot of other Notre Dame schedules. And we kind of saw it last year. Going into it, you know what the hard games are going to be. It's Ohio State. It's UFC, it's Clemson, BYU. Uh, and I would pick this as the answer to that question, but I, I think people are already expecting it to be a tough game. So so in theory, it can't be the answer. And then all the other games, I think Notre Dame fans look at it and they're like, we can win. You know, if, what is that, eight games? Marshall, Cal, Stanford at home especially. I think Notre Dame fans are all saying we can win those. So I'm going to say it's, the classic trap game where notre dame has to go to upstate new york uh, a game that is not a there's not going to be a lot of fanfare uh, syracuse is syracuse the week before that they have to come back home and play clemson who i like i told everyone earlier i expect to be really good so the game that people are probably overly overlooking and is going to be a little tougher than some expect might be stance might be syracuse and it's not even because Syracuse has personnel that's scary. I think their starting quarterback is actually someone that I covered at Mississippi State, Garrett Schrader. He might be a fifth-year senior or something at this point. He doesn't scare me. I've covered him for a couple of years in college football. He's a gamer. He'll put his body on the line, but he's not going to beat you with his arm. And, you know, we were just talking about that's what's scary from a Notre Dame defensive perspective. The game is scary because – you got to go up there and play that team in that environment a week before you know one of your biggest games of the year, probably the biggest home game of the year for Notre Dame. So I don't really like Syracuse. I don't think they're that good of a football team, but I also don't like Notre Dame having to go up there and playing that team yeah. you know in that part of the schedule.
1: Tyler, that one dollar deal is it still going on at Blue and Gold Illustrated blue and
2: It is. Go to blueandgold.com and you get one year of premium access. The message boards, it's mid-July and the message boards are uh, (laughs) crazy. That has a lot to do with Notre Dame recruiting and that's just another reason to go to blueandgold.com right now and sign up. I know you mentioned that Mike Singer is on vacation but when he's not on vacation he's working extremely hard to bring Notre Dame fans uh, every ounce of information on the recruiting front and you know that's what kind of uh, feeds our Uh, site. People are Loving what's going on with Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame recruiting right now. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, I don't know why you wouldn't got the number one in class in the country right now. That's, <laughs> uh, that's pretty stout. And, and we cover it from top to bottom. So go to blueandgold.com. And I think I don't have the exact number. Is it 46, 45 days? It's a month and a half. We're a month yeah. and a half away from Notre Dame football. So get in while you can. It's going to be an exciting season and, and we're going to cover it like nobody else.
1: He is Tyler Horca, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, BlueandGold.com. Thanks for joining me a day early, and we'll talk to you in your regularly scheduled spot next Wednesday at 6.07 here on WSBT Radio. I'm looking forward to that conversation.
2: All right, Darren, sounds great. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Tyler Horca, read all about it right now. Blue and Gold Illustrated, BlueandGold.com. Tyler has you covered on everything happening. With Notre Dame football, there's Notre Dame basketball, Notre Dame baseball. A lot of things happening right now with Notre Dame sports. Even though it is July the 19th, it is 6:29. Darren Pritchett with you. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up in a moment on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
0: I'm Dan.